Padre Pio's Miracles of the Cross, one of the most powerful series of ongoing miracles of the cross that we have researched are those which were bestowed upon Padre Pio throughout his life. Jesus wrapped Padre Pio in the cross and he accepted it as a gift. He spent his entire life as a crucified Christ, desiring only the sufferings of Jesus on the cross. Padre Pio was gifted with the cross of Jesus from his earliest days. His personal relationship with Jesus and Mary manifested itself to him from the time he was a child. His entire world centered around the little church of Our Lady of the Angels in his little hometown of Pietrelcina. It might as well have been his home. He spent more time there than at his home. All the important events in his early life took place in that church. He was baptized there. He received First Holy Communion and Confirmation there. He went into ecstasy for the first time in that church and had an apparition of the Sacred Heart of Jesus at age five there. Our Lord Jesus appeared to Francesco and beckoned him to come to the main altar. He placed his hand on Francesco's head. We don't know what transpired between our Lord Jesus and the young boy, but we do know that after this, the course of his life and his vocation were sealed. He offered himself as victim of the cross at that early age, although he probably did not know it at that time. He just said yes. There are literally thousands of stories of Padre Pio with regard to the many spiritual gifts he received. Many of these have been documented, while others are legend having been woven out of a sincere love people have had for him and a desire to make him bigger than life. But as Father Joseph Peel once said to us as we were writing the biography of Padre Peel, the truth is actually more fascinating than fiction. And so the miracles we will share with you in this chapter have been documented by the Capuchins in San Giovanni Rotondo. The Miracle of the Crucified Christ one of the miracles of the cross dealing with Padre Pio has to do with the experience the Lord gave him almost daily as he prepared for and experienced the crucifixion of our Lord Jesus in the sacrifice of the Mass. Eyewitnesses such as Father Alessio Parente and Father Joseph Pio have shared with us that when Padre Pio will begin preparations for the sacrifice of the Mass, and this could have been more than an hour before he actually began the Mass, they could see his knees begin to buckle and his body become bent under a tremendous invisible weight as he got closer and closer to entering the church and the altar. He told them he was carrying the weight of the cross on his shoulders, and as we know, the cross held the weight of all the sins Jesus was dying for. To those closest to Padre Pio, and actually many of those who waited for hours in the bitter cold outside the church in the middle of the night to take part in the 5.30 a.m. Mass with him, they could actually see him being transformed into the crucified Christ before their eyes during those times. The Miracle of the Cross in the Body of Padre Pio Shortly after he was ordained, Padre Pio began to notice what he termed Red patches about the size of a cent accompanied by acute pain. This is from a letter he sent Padre Benedetto on the birthday of Mary, September 8, 1911. He went on to say, The pain was much more acute in the left hand and it still persists. 
I also feel some pain in the soles of my feet. He told his superior that this had been happening on and off for almost a year. So from the time of his ordination, at 23 years old, he began to feel in his body the wounds of the passion of Christ. He prayed that the wounds will not show. The Lord answered his prayers for nine years. And so while the physical signs disappeared, the pain continued. The transverberation of the heart, a preview. As if in anticipation of the great miracle he was to be given very shortly, the Lord granted Padre Pio a very special gift, one that would give him joy mixed with pain all his life, agony and ecstasy. On August 5, 1918, he received the gift of transverberation of the heart. Padre Pio wrote of this experience. While I was hearing the confessions of our boys on the evening of the 5th, August, I was suddenly filled with extreme terror at the sight of a celestial being whom I saw with my mind's eye. He held a kind of weapon in his hand similar to a steel sword with a sharp flaming point. At the very instant I saw all this, I saw the person hurl the weapon into my soul with all his might. It was all done in a split second. I was hardly able to cry out and felt as if I were dying. I cannot tell you how much I suffered during this period of anguish. Even my insides were torn and ruptured by that weapon, everything lashed by fire and steel. From that day on, I was wounded to death. In the depths of my soul, I feel an open wound which causes me to suffer continual agony. Another saint we wrote about who experienced the transpiration of the heart was St. Teresa of Avila. She described her experience as follows. She, St. Teresa of Avila, saw an angel to the left of her. He was small and very beautiful. He was so illuminated he had to be one of the very highest of the angels, the cherubim. He had a long golden dart in his hand with what appeared to be fire at the end of it. She said he thrust it into her heart several times piercing her down to her innermost organs, leaving her burning with a great love for God. As you can see from their writings, their reactions to the transverberation of the heart differed drastically. Teresa experienced such an overpowering feeling of love, which stayed with her all her life. Padre Pio, on the other hand, continued to record his suffering. However, although Teresa stressed the ecstatic nature of her gift, she also mentioned the suffering, but even in expressing her agony, she lapsed back into ecstasy. She wrote, Even though it is a spiritual pain and not physical, the body participates in the pain, in fact, a lot. In this state, I was beside myself. I did not wish to see or speak to anyone except to remain alone with my suffering which seemed the greatest joy that could exist in creation. In a letter to Padre Benedetto on September 5, 1918, Padre Pio talked more about the suffering and anger he was enduring. I see myself submerged in an ocean of fire. The wound which has been reopened bleeds incessantly. This alone is enough to make me die a thousand times. The excessive pain of this open wound makes me angry against my will, drives me crazy, and makes me delirious. 
I am powerless in face of it. This letter was written 13 days before he received the visible stigmata. He was referring to the transverberation of the heart. The open wound of which he speaks is a spiritual, supernatural wound. We believe we have each been given gifts in accordance with our walk with the Lord. For Padre Pio, the transverberation of the heart may well have been to prepare him for the miracle of the cross, the stigmata, which he was to receive shortly after. It may also have been given to him as a source of strength and joy that would upset the physical pain and agony which the Lord wanted to use for his glory. We say this because of a letter he wrote on January 12, 1919. Because of the exaltation of possessing him in me, I cannot refrain from saying with the Most Holy Virgin, My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Possessing him within me, I am impelled to say with the spouse of the sacred song, I found him whom my soul loves. I held him and would not let him go. Padre Pio experienced the bitter sweet love of Jesus. The bitter pain of his physical wounds was mixed with and overpowered by the sweet spiritual ecstasy he tasted by containing his Lord within his heart. Jesus never gives us more than we can handle and showers us with more grace than we can ever use. As Jesus was born to die for our sins, so we believe Padre Pio was born to share in the passion of our Lord for our salvation. There was a major reason the Lord wanted to give Padre Pio the transverberation of the heart. He was now ready to receive the greatest miracle that could be bestowed on him. The Miracle of the Cross of the Estigmata September 20, 1918 was a turning point in the life of Padre Pio. While he had gathered a small following because of his intense spirituality and great wisdom, he will truly be the crucified Christ after this day. He described the events of the day himself. On the morning of the 20th of last month, in the choir, after I had celebrated Mass, I yielded to a drowsiness similar to a sweet sleep. All the internal and external senses and even the very faculties of my soul were immersed in indescribable stillness. Absolute silence surrounded and invaded me. I was suddenly filled with great peace and abandonment, which effaced everything else and caused a lull in the turmoil. All of this happened in a flash. While this was taking place, I saw before me a mysterious person, similar to the one I had seen on the evening of 5 August. The only difference was that his hands and feet and side were dripping blood. The sight terrified me, and what I felt at that moment is indescribable. I thought I should die and really should have died if the Lord had not intervened and strengthened my heart, which was about to burst out of my chest. The vision disappeared, and I became aware that my hands, feet, and side were dripping blood. Imagine the agony I experienced and continue to experience almost every day. This outstanding miracle of the cross occurred while Padre Pio was praying in thanksgiving before the image of the crucified Christ hanging before him. This particular crucifix is very descriptive. It shows the wounds of Jesus, hands, feet, and side in an extremely graphic way. To this day, each time we bring pilgrims to the choir loft, 
above the main altar of the old church and kneel under this crucifix before which Padre Pio was given the miracle of the stigmata, we can feel the presence and power of Jesus. It is an awesome sight. If there had ever been a doubt in our minds that Jesus, through this representation of his passion and death, which hangs above the choir loft in the old church, could not be enough to bring the wounds of Christ to Padre Pio, all one has to do is kneel before the image and pray. He's there. There's no question about that. This visible sign of the Lord's passion, which had been with him invisibly for eight years, became an immediate cause of panic in the young Capuchin. He didn't know what to do. He couldn't let anyone know what had happened. He didn't quite know himself. Perhaps it would go away. If he could just be away from people for a while, but how? As he wrote in the same letter in which he described his receiving the stigmata, it was a source of embarrassment to him. Again, we come to the bittersweet, agony-ecstasy aspect of the stigmata. As with the transverberation of the heart, he wanted it and didn't want it. Physically, he couldn't stand the pain, yet spiritually, he felt himself lifted to the heights of ecstasy by the experience. It was truly a paradox. Since the death of Padre Pio on September 23, 1968, the tribute to our Lord Jesus through his suffering servant has grown in great proportions. A way of the cross has been built on the side of the mountain next to the original church of Santa Maria della Grazie in San Giovanni Rotondo. We made a documentary there some years ago. It is a place not to be missed if you are ever given the gift of visiting the shrine to Padre Pio in Italy. On that way of the cross, we see Padre Pio carrying the cross with Jesus. At one point, we see him as Simon the Cyrenian helping Jesus with the cross. At other stations, we see him carrying the cross for Jesus. Padre Pio is so identified with the cross, it's no wonder that our Lord Jesus would give him the gift of miracles of the cross. To paraphrase Pope Pius XII on the occasion of the proclamation of the dogma of the Assumption of Our Lady, Jesus did it because he made sense to do it, and he had the power to do it. We believe the same applied to Padre Pio. It made sense to Jesus to imprint his wounds on the body of this holy man through the miracle of the stigmata, and he had the power to do it. And if we may insert our own thoughts on this miracle, it may have been more for mankind than for Padre Pio that this was done. You must remember that there were those in the church who were heading at breakneck speed away from all the gifts the Lord had given us in the church. All our treasures were being taken away from us, all our beliefs being reduced into so much superstition. The supernatural was being eliminated in favor of secular humanism, a heresy which had been condemned centuries before. Sacrifice was being displaced by celebration. The God-man on the cross was being replaced by decorative bands and metal pipes. But then the Lord scattered the proud in the deceit of their heart and put down the mighty from their thrones by setting aside the loss of nature and creating miracle in Padre Pio. We wrote about Padre Pio in our book, Saints and Other Powerful Men in the Church. 
There were many people who didn't want Padre Pio to be raised to the communion of saints. He did not fit the image they wanted to project of the church of the third millennium. To many of Padre Pio's adversaries, he was a throwback to the Middle Ages. Everything that he represented was pulling us back to where we came from, rather than bringing us into the modern age of science and technology, this 20th and 21st century. Perhaps that's true. Padre Pio represented back to basics, to those values which made our church and our world grand. But the people loved Padre Pio. To the people of God, he definitely was the kind of saint they wanted to represent the church. They knew God was looking down from heaven. They wanted him to see that this man was their man. And so the people furthered the cause for the beatification of Padre Pio. One of those people shared about his personal experiences with Padre Pio at the beatification. That person was Pope John Paul II, who had met Padre Pio when he was a young priest. And that man, our Pope, saw Padre Pio as the image the Church wanted to project to God the Father on this the year of the Father. We once said that when Mother Church chooses to raise him to the communion of saints, the qualities of sanctity in Padre Pio will not be solely that he bore the stigmata for 50 years of his life, that he had the gift of bilocation, the fragrance of heaven, or the many miracles attributed to him during his lifetime. The proclamation of his sainthood will come from the extraordinary spirituality he showed during his ministry, his enormous love for our Lord Jesus in the Eucharist, his overpowering love for the cross, his devotion to Mother Mary and the Rosary, his willingness to take on the sins of the world during his 18-hour days in the confessional, his inspired writings, his spiritual counseling, his obedience to his superiors, most especially his holiness, the Pope, and possibly more than anything, his lifelong commitment to his sacrament, his priesthood. In short, his loyalty to the body of Christ the Mother of Christ, through the Vicar of Christ. In fact, Padre Pio was canonized June 16, 2002 by Pope John Paul II. Praise God! Please load our free Bob and Penny Lord app. Here is how to download our free Bob and Penny Lord app. Simply, with your iPhone or Android device, go to the App Store Search for Bob and Penny Lord app and download it. It's that simple. Here's what you can do with our free Bob and Penny Lord app. Number one, the, there's a link to our marketplaces, our websites, uh, our uh, blog, and this podcast. The second link is to our Bob and Penny Lord TV channel where you can access all of our videos as seen on EWTN plus a whole lot more. Thank you very much.